This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Ah, yes. Welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. It's your boy Armando. I don't know what this, why the settings on StreamYard today are different. I don't know why. But anyways, trying to... Get this all sorted out here as far as the video goes. But anyways, how is everybody doing? I hope you're all doing okay and you're having a great week. Uh, let's see. Today, for me, for the day of recording, it is Thursday. What is it? September 29th? And uh, what do I got going on? Got my beer. You already, If you already heard last week's podcast, I just gave up on, on, my, on my diet for, for the year. I'll start it off back again after the holidays, but I'm cracking open a beer again. I need one today because I went pre-fishing for uh, the Lone Star Throwdown, which is going to be October 8th. I went to Stillhouse Lake, never been there, and it sucked big time. Um, yeah, the water clarity, everybody was telling me how clear the water is. It was like a foot of visibility at most, and the water level was like down like, geez, like, five or six feet it was really really low i couldn't even get a bite i went with matt wallace a buddy of mine from uh waco who i met uh fishing the slay nation texas series a couple of years ago good old matt wallace if you don't know him go follow him on instagram matt wallace fishing i'm assuming something matt wallace go check out for Matt wallace great great angler from central texas um uh, good buddy of mine so yeah he had a horrible day too so Definitely not going to that spot on the tournament. Uh, we have the option of going to either Stillhouse or Lake Belton. I did fish Lake Belton, I think it was last year, for the Texas Kayak Championship, which also is run by um, Chris Morales, um, uh, tournament director for Southeast Texas Kayak Pass League. Um, and uh, I did... I did pretty well as far as bites, but I missed a couple of bites. I know, a couple of fish uh, came off, but uh, I think I'll probably just fish out of Belton uh, to my familiar spot. But yeah, anyways, that's what that was my week. I certainly need a beer after today's humbling experience. I it's a good feeling. No, it's not a good feeling to get skunk. It's a good feeling to try to think back the last time you got skunk and then you don't remember because that means either not fishing that much or in my case, I have fishing, but I've been treating pretty well. Probably sometime the beginning of summer was the last time I got skunk this year. Um, but yeah, fishing has been pretty good late summer up until today. But anyways, we got a great guest for you today. We got Jeff. God, I always screw up the last name. Isham? Jeff, I know you're in the back room, so you, you'll correct me if I got it wrong. But Jeff, Jeff just won the Angler of the Year for, to me, the most talented local tournament here in Texas, original tournament or state tournament, whatever you want to call it, the Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League. 
is full of great anglers who have made themselves a name both locally and in national uh, trails like the Hobie BOS, KBF, and Bass Nation Kayak Series. You got Caleb Helbig. Um, you got Andrew Jacobson, Rolando Nandine. The list goes on and on, and I'm sure I'm forgetting other names, so I don't want to disrespect anybody. But, yes, Jeff Isham is definitely one of the best anglers we have here in Texas. Um, I met him last year. No, actually, three years ago. He was on my show three years ago, shortly after. I think he came up eighth place at the Hobie BOS in Lake Fork. And I think Cody Milton won that tournament with 100 and something inches. Um, it was spawning season, and Cody Milton, as most of you know, is great when it comes to spawning season. But, yeah, that was the last time we got Jeff on the show. Uh, really enjoyed my conversation with Jeff. Really enjoyed just hanging out with Jeff on on tournaments and uh and his good buddy chris morales not chris morales christopher delgado i apologize by the way christopher delgado won the jeffrey asham uh sportsman award which i guess it's kind of like you know it's an award you win i guess voted by your peers if you have uh if you know for your sportsman-like attitude on and off the water, you know, and uh, being ambassador to the sport pretty much. And Christopher Delgado, congratulations. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Love Christopher Delgado. Jeff, I'm sure, will totally agree with me on that one. So congratulations, and congratulations to Jeff, who again won the Angler of the Year. I wanted to touch on something before I brought Jeff in. Um, there was a lot of talk on the Facebook page for Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League, and I wanted to give my 10 cents on this. Um, I got a cat running in front of my microphone. Sorry, I got a stray cat inside the house. I don't know why. Anyways, focusing on what, what I was going to say. Um, so um, the leaderboard was turned off halfway through day one, and which I thought, you know, you always at the end of the the day they you know about two hours before line out they turn it off it's a two-day tournament so i thought they were going to put it back up the next day and there were we were, were a few of us were chatting on the southeast texas kayak bass league um facebook page about you know wanting to see um uh the live leaderboard um first of all i have the huge amount of respect for the tournament director christopher morales chris morales um Great tournament angler. It's his decision at the end of the day to kind of have um, shut off the leaderboard um, halfway through day one and completely in day two. Um, I get the reasons. Andrew Jacobson made some great points on that uh, threat that was going on. I completely get why Christopher Morales is doing what he's doing. Um, he also, you know, he protects the integrity of the sport and wants it to be fair. Want don't doesn't want other anglers to know where other people are fishing. So he's focused on the anglers that are taking part in the tournament. He's looking at it through that perspective, which I totally agree with him from a tournament director standpoint. My thought on it as a spectator of the sport and somebody who's trying to grow the kayak fishing community and grow the sport, I like to keep tabs on what's going on. I understand the last two hours line off, keep some excitement for you know the presentation award. That I agree with, but I would have liked it to see at least the first six hours of an eight-hour tournament that you can follow along. Um, I got a lot of friends from that tournament, and I want to share them on. And, uh, you know, I'm not particularly rooting for anyone in particular, but just, you know, being a fan of the sport and some of the guys that are out there. Um, it was kind of sad not be able to do that. Uh, on the other side of it, as a podcaster, I try to do my best to promote Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League as well as any other local and national tournament. I feel that's my responsibility as a podcaster. So if I'm constantly watching the leaderboard, I get more insight of what's going on, who's leading, who's catching the big bass, what time they're catching. I take notes on that. And that way, when I bring like somebody like Jeff onto the show, I have more insight than I can talk to. So in that aspect, I was kind of disappointed that the leaderboard was turned off um, for most of day one and completely by day two. But again, that's just my personal opinion on it. Uh, I know that this is not a spectator sport, but at the same time, I think in order to get this sport to the next level, as far as tournament winnings and all that, there has to be, it has to become 
somewhat of a spectator sport. You got um, sports like cornhole. Um, what's that other sport from Canada that's super boring, but for some reason gets a lot of views on ESPN or ESPN2 or whatever other streaming services there are? Um, forgot that name. It's curling. It's the one with the it's ice and the little brush and some round stones. You'll know which one I'm talking about. If those sports that are not exciting at all can be live stream on cable TV or a streaming channel, I don't see why kayak fishing can't reach that level eventually. I know it's a little different with the logistics of having a camera be live stream and following somebody or having it in the back of the kayak. I think eventually technology will 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 merge with what we want and i think eventually it'll be like a live stream sport but we have to start thinking about it that way the more people get to see the leaderboard um the more uh, um views you get on it the more buzz it creates and the the sport gets to grow more but that's just my 10 cents on it again i total respect for chris morales and i completely understand the reasoning behind it um and from if I was a tournament director, I'd probably completely agree with him as well. So anyways, I've gone on for quite enough, and I have Jeff here in the green room just waiting. So we're going to go to a quick Waypoints commercial. Before that, big thank you to my sponsor. Go to DouglasOutdoors.com. Check out the full lineup of LRX, X-Matrix, and award-winning fly fishing rods. So go check them out. We'll be right back. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mr. Jeff, Jeff. Yes. Before I continue, I, I, I Isham. You got it right. Yeah, you got it the second time. You got it right. Isham. Right. Yes. Because I used to call you Isham, and then yeah. I realized somebody corrected me. No, he's Isham. So I yeah. apologize, man. I, I joked with uh, Chris Morales at the beginning of the season. I or at the beginning of the first season. I just want to win enough to where you know how to say my last name. <laughs> For Chris, no. Yeah. Smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris is a great. Great tournament director. I have a oh, lot yeah. of respect for him, man. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations, man. Angler of the Year in a loaded, loaded trail, Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League. How do you feel? Uh feel good, man. It's uh I went in, it was actually a I kind of like I guess a goal that I had set for the year. Um I actually won the first Angler of the Year when Southeast Texas first started. Really? And so I mean, I I guess you know we're they're transitioning into Texas Kayak Bass League. Yep. So this was officially the last season of actually Southeast Texas. So I won the first one and really wanted to win the, the last one. So you, it was, you bookended it, was a, it. Yeah, it was a goal I had set, but uh, man, it was not certain until the very end. I mean, up until the time Chris Delgado uh, announced it, I, I honestly didn't didn't know if I had if I had it or not. Yeah, that last tournament, uh, the classic two day tournament at Lake Fork. I feel bad for you guys because I, I thought, you know, I'm thinking this is going to be crazy numbers. Somebody's going to win like 104 in uh, 103 second place, 102 third place. Yeah. You know, there's going to be tons of bass, but um, man, Lake Fork can be tough on summer, as I'm sure oh, you know. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of your favorite lakes, right? Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I mean, it's, I mean, I think everybody's fish fork more than once knows. I mean, it can be your best friend, your worst enemy. It's, yeah, it's very unpredictable, but you know, it, uh, when it's good, it's good. But when it's tough, it's really tough. Yeah, I agree. So you, how? Well, let me ask you this: When was the first year for the Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League? Uh, don't ask me numbers. Um, I believe it was I'm trying to see if I can see over here on the wall. I, I want to say it was nineteen. I, I can't see it from here. Twenty nineteen. 
I, I believe that is correct. All right, so it's been a few years. Uh, are you excited about what they have going on next season? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy the lakes that we fished in southeast Texas. Uh, I mean, as an angler, I mean, I like to challenge myself. So I think it's, it's going to be really interesting because I'm going to have to get out and fish lakes that I'm not necessarily comfortable fishing. But, uh, I mean, that's how you get better. So um, I'm excited about it. It's, I think it's it's a good move. Um, uh going to get out and fish some more uh, Central Texas lakes, and uh, it, it'll be a fun season. Yeah, I think I saw part of the, or kind of like what their schedule is going to look like. I think they have like nine events, nine trails next year, right? Yeah, and I, I'm i not the person to ask about it necessarily, but um, there's some way that it's kind of divided up into regions still. Like you don't have to fish every one of the events to be a contender, like for Angler of the Year, but you have there's a certain number of events you have to fish outside of your area um to do that and i'll I, honestly i'll probably unless something comes up i'll i'm gonna probably end up fishing every one of the events nice man that's awesome and and again congratulations how do you feel about christopher delgado winning uh did man. is it is jerry so, uh, is that your family is that your dad yeah, or something? so uh let's see three years ago now uh chris and chris the chris's actually surprised me at um the classic one year and they came up with an award that's actually named after my dad who's jerry isham and uh my dad died when i was i think i was six or seven but their point was it's you know it it's an award to give somebody and it it focuses on how somebody um can have a positive impact on somebody whether it's for you know just a few years that can last a lifetime so it's kind of you know our the way um we have a giving back to people in the trail who've gone out of their way to help other anglers. Um, and I mean, like you, you said in the intro, I mean, it, <laughs> Chris Delgado, I mean, he's the embodiment of what that award means. I mean, they do just yeah. goes way above and beyond what, you know, anybody would ever ask anybody to do, but he's happy to do it. And has uh, probably helped, you know, more people in that trail than, than anybody. Yeah, no, Christopher Legala, um well deserved. And again, a huge shout out to Chris Morales for coming up. I've never seen uh, another trail do that. And I encourage anybody, any tournament directors, you know, to consider doing something like that. That that means a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, in Southeast Texas, that's why they call alphabet it the crew. Alphabet, the alphabet crew. you are going to have to get a new nickname for the new trail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the alphabet crew. I mean, it's the com there's so many good things about it. First of all, Chris Morales, like I said, it's great tournament director. The body of waters that they it's always on the list. It's like, you know, it's like bass heaven. It's yeah. I I can never find something to complain about that trail, even though I don't currently fish it that much because of its like every tournament's every trail is like four or five hours away from me. So that's yeah. means Airbnb and all the expenses. So B being right. that far away from those tournaments from those trails doesn't make sense financially but uh, i mean the lakes they pick the time of the year they pick them um the the camaraderie you know it's you know that christopher delgado effect extends to pretty much everybody in that absolutely trail. yeah i remember on the first year at the well, though the first trail this year i meant to say at the hobie bos was in toledo bend and you guys had your own little space, you know, the alphabet crew was there showing on strong and the camaraderie and yeah. the loudest bunch, but the 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 most enjoyable bunch out there, definitely. Um, and you can tell there was that genuine, you know, again, camaraderie between each one of you. So it's, it's yeah. beautiful to see. And, and I'm sure it makes it even more enjoyable to fish a tournament like that. Oh, yeah. And we have, I mean, there's guys that will straight up tell you, I mean, that, if it wasn't for the camaraderie they have, they wouldn't show up. I mean, they, you know, all the guys obviously enjoy fishing, but, you know, a lot of them show up just because, you know, they just want to hang out and, you know, hang out with their buddies and have a good time and, and do a little fishing. And, and, uh, there's, I mean, there's room for everybody in that group. There's, you know, people that from all walks of life and, you know, and we all get along, everybody, uh, you know, is happy to hang out with each other. And it's, it's a good time every time we get together. Yeah, you can tell. 
Let me ask you this. So I said, mentioned in the intro, before we dive in into your season, I mentioned in the intro about the line, I mean, the um, leaderboard turned off. As a competitor, yeah. do you like that? Or, you you know, would you rather have the, you know, just kind of like shut it off at the last hour or, or do you want to just shut off the whole day? I think, I think that all depends on how you're fishing. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me and uh, I mean, I, I, I tell people a lot, I, I believe fishing is 80% mental. Yeah. Um, you have to stay in that good headspace if you're going to do well in a tournament. Um, so, I mean, if you're doing well in a tournament and you see your name way up there, I mean, I think it's helpful if you're struggling, um, you know, it, it puts a lot of pressure on you. Um, I try not, to, I don't look at the leaderboard a whole lot. Um, a lot of times I'll look at it real quick, but upload a fish just to you know kind of make sure everything went through and, um, you know, it updated the, the submission or whatever. Um, but I mean, I get it. Um, I mean, especially cause we had a really close race for anger of the year, had a close race, you know. Everybody from day one going into day two, just of the classic. And um, I mean, I, I, I get it because you don't, you know, there's a lot of people that can figure out where you're fishing. And if they yep. see you doing really well, you know, you don't want them coming in, you know, wrecking your spot or I'm mean, not wrecking it, but, you know, just come in trying to, to get a few fish out of it. Uh, so, I mean, I, I get it um, from an angler's perspective. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't, it doesn't matter to me either way. Uh, like I said, if you're doing really good, it's kind of nice to know you have a little bit of cushion, but, um, you know, by the same token, it, it also, you know, if, if you don't know, you're, you're going to probably, even if you think you're doing well, you're going to fish even harder. Cause you, you know, if, if you think you're doing well, you want to make sure you keep that, that lead. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Cause I think, um, like you mentioned, it, it, it really depends on how you're doing and, you know, yeah. what your mindset is. Somebody may just say, you know, I get fired up just looking at this leaderboard and others might say, you know, I, I'd rather not look at it, the leaderboard. Yeah. I think one thing that is um, good about it, it's kind of like takes the whole uh, sandbagging <laughs> yeah. strategy out of it because nobody yeah. can see it anyway. So, right. yeah. Um, and it, it's also a little bit different on Fort because – I mean, I haven't looked to see like percentage wise, but I mean, there was some really big fish caught. So, I mean, even if you're, you know, if you're 10 inches behind, I mean, you have a 14 inch fish, you catch a 24, which there was one caught out there. I mean, that, that puts you right back in it. So, um, I mean, fork can go up and down by, you know, one fish. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many fish there were over 20 inches caught percentage wise, because I think you touched on it earlier that actually for 54 entrance, uh, entries there weren't a whole lot of fish caught per person no, but i feel like for quality, a two day, yeah yeah and for the quality of fish i mean i think it, it was up there it was like 55 anglers and 208 fish caught on a two-day tournament which i thought is like yeah, yeah. that's yeah that's i don't think it at all <laughs> it tells you if does it tell you what the total inches caught was i was just kind of no just okay. how many fish were caught and i don't know if that counts the coal fish like if, for example you on the second day you had um yeah i think i had six fish six right i called and one. steven fisher had nine so i'm not sure if it's just the that it only counts your top five uh for the day or if it counts it says fish caught so i'm assuming it can, yeah. counts all of them so yeah yeah it was a it was definitely a tough bite over there at the lake fork i feel bad for for yeah. you all out there i was uh I was really thinking there was going to be like obscenely big numbers considering the, what that lake can hold and the talent that's fishing the yeah. lake. Um, but let's go over your, your season, man. You, you, we started off with, I think it's Fayetteville is, was the, I keep calling Fayetteville. It's Fayette. Yeah. That Fayette. was the first tournament, right? Yeah. Fayette. Fayette. I'm sorry. Fayette. Fayette. I mean, that's, I don't know. That's how I pronounce it. Everybody's got their way, but yeah. yeah. Fayette County, I think is actually what it's called. And how was how did the tournament shaped up for you from beginning to end? What was your some of your best performances and was some of your um, non best performances at, at Fayette or just overall? Um, overall, okay. Uh, best would have to be uh, well. I mean, technically, I guess I finished finished higher in the classic, um, but the next one would probably well, it would be Toledo Bend, which is uh, you know, I think you said you fished that one, right? Yeah, I fished that yeah. one. I caught one fish, uh, but I don't know why I never – I don't think I uploaded. Maybe I uploaded it to the wrong one, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah, that's the one we also – I mean, 
kind of had in conjunction with the yeah the Hobie event. Um, so I believe I ended up finishing third for the Southeast Texas, and I think it was sixth in the Hobie uh, event. So uh, that was that was a that was my best. Other than I, I fished finished fifth in this classic that we had last weekend. So. So you got uh, how many uh, trails count for the angle of the year points? Um, I believe we have one drop. So just whatever your worst uh, worst tournament was is a drop. And how many um, how many uh, trails do they have this year? Uh, do you remember? I don't. Let me see if I can find out here while I, I mean, got you there. Yeah, I can. Fayette, I mean, Toledo, that's two. Choke, three. Uh, Nagadoshes. Mm-hmm. Did I get that one right? Four. Yeah. Uh, Sabine, five. Conroe, six. So, six trails from what okay. it looks like. Yeah. And then the, the classic, which was... Right. Uh, um, so that's seventh in total. So, yeah. so your your top before you qualify. So you five, and then the first five count, or your top five count, and top then five, the right. and then the classic. Well, that's uh, including the classic, right? Yeah, you get um, yeah. There's AOI points that go in in for the classic as well. Oh, okay. So it's so it's five total or five plus the classic. Um, was there six total including the classic? Yes. Okay. So it I was. So. Yeah. So it was. Uh, no, seven with including the classic. Okay. My bad. All right. Yeah. So there's one one drop, and I, I don't know that that's. I don't know how that would work. I don't know if you can drop the classic or not. That's, that's a, interesting. Yeah. That's, that's a, a Chris, that's a Chris or Chris question. So. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure what the answer to that is. I need to get Chris on the uh, now that the season's over, and I think he still has the Texas Kayak Bass League at. Uh, in October for Lockwood. Oh, well, that's a charity tournament from what it looks like, but I'm assuming he's right. running that tournament. Um, yeah. Uh, so really after that. It will be on Fayette as well. Yeah. So and that's a, a entry of a presence for uh, kids. So oh, nice. They, they run that through a charity that gets kids uh, gifts. who wouldn't, wouldn't get it another way. So that's a awesome. Good deal if anybody wants to come out and help support that. That's awesome. And again, shout out to Chris for, He's always kind of like thinking outside the box when it comes to a tournament director, pre- keeping it exciting uh, and engaged for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. So big shout out. Again, Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League, one of the best trails, I think, in my mind, local trails. Definitely one of the best local trails. No disrespect to Duke Tran and everybody who also does an amazing job and uh, West Texas Kayak uh, Trail as well. But, uh, yeah, definitely. So how do you feel, like, now that you've won it? Which one is more, for you, I guess, memorable? The first one or this one? Um, man, that's hard. Oh, before I forget, I got I to gotta show this because if I don't, oh. I'll get in trouble. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll probably come take it back because um, that's I think that's one of our requirements. If you win a belt or the necklace or something like that, you got to be obnoxious with it. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, Andrew was obnoxious last year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he, he uh, I got some big shoes to fill because he he did it right last year. So oh yeah, he uh, was. I, I got to make a showing like like he did. He yeah. was all about the flex. <laughs> He's a great guy. Yeah, he um, is. <laughs> so man, I, I don't know. I, w- I would actually. I, that's a good question. I would say probably the first one, um, and I say that because I actually won the AOI and the Classic both that year. Oh nice. Um, so that was that was pretty special, and that was uh, now that I look back at it, it's it's it was very similar. So the first one was on Livingston, which I mean, it's not necessarily known as a great bass lake. I mean, it's great white bass, but um, I think I went down there and pre-fished two days prior, and I don't think I ever caught a bass. Um, and then ended up launching at some little ramp that was near a house we were staying at, and got on them. Uh, and then same way with fork this time, I went down pre-fished for two days and I think I had one 14 inch bass in, in two days. Um, so it was, <laughs> it was a tough bite, but it's weird thinking back now. I hadn't thought about that, how similar the, the two events were as far as like the pre-fish. But. What, um, what do you think of all the 
trails you've won? What do you think is the most memorable one? Uh, I mean, I'm going to have to say Southeast Texas. I mean, that's, you know, all, most of my, you know, close friends are actually in that trail. Um, I made some great friendships in there. Um, I'm not saying, I, I mean, I'm, I don't, man, that's hard to say because I've made friends in a lot of them, but um, I think it's just, I tend to be really close with some of the guys in Southeast Texas because that's probably the main trail that I focus on. And I usually do, you know, every event that they have. So I'm just, you know, I'm around those guys. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys in Hobie that I hang out with when I fish Hobie events and I, they're great friends. I just, I don't get the chance to see them as often as I do as some of the guys in Southeast Texas. Speaking of the Hobie events, you've had pretty good season this year. Did you qualify for the TLC by the points? No. Um, really? No. And I, man, I went to Dardanelle hoping to do that. And I, man, I had a horrible showing at Dardanelle. Arkansas did not like me at all. It was tough. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was, was real tough. Especially Sunday for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, unless some miracle happens and there's, you know, just some unbelievable amount of people who don't go and it rolls all down that far. But, um, I mean, I had a shot going in. I just I had a really poor, poor showing there at Dardanelle. You had – how many Hobie events did you fish this year? Uh, three. Three. Okay, so you got yeah. – but Broken Bow was the other one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like kind of same thing as me. Broken Board, uh, Toledo, and Dardanelle. Right. Yeah, exactly. And how I, do you I – mean, go ahead. Uh, I was, uh, Broken Bow actually did fairly well. Um, so that that's kind of how um, – I mean, I ended up I, – I don't know that I necessarily would have gone to Dardanelle if I didn't have those two good tournaments. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, and I like going and seeing new places. I just – I had a lot going on. I mean, that was right in between – so I fished the Northeast Texas Classic on uh, Caddo the week before Dardanelle, then went the next weekend to Dardanelle, and then the next weekend was the Southeast Texas at, at Fork. So, it, I mean, there was a lot going on, and I probably wouldn't have made the trip to Arkansas had I not had a shot at um, qualifying. What place did you end up in uh, Broken Bull? Because you had like third, like sixth place on, on Toledo, right? Which is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I, man, I honestly don't know. I'd have I'll to go back and look. <laughs> I'll look at it. But I, I should have done some, made some notes, I guess, before. Well, I wasn't, you know, I didn't give you a heads up that I was going to ask you about the Hobie BOS, but yeah. now they brought it up. I, for a moment there, I thought you've uh, qualified no. for the Hobie uh, BOS. Yeah, I wish I would have. Because, yeah, like I said, I fished Caddo, I guess, three weeks ago and, and did pretty good on Caddo. So I was, you know, I was hoping I could get qualified and, Go out there for the the Hobie. How did it go in Cato, by the way, for the classic? Uh, it was good. I, uh, I think I got fourth in that one. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. How many anglers were there? Uh, I think I don't. I think they had twenty five, something like that. Twenty five. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, and that was the Northeast Texas. That's the one uh, Duke Tran runs. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. No. No, that's I think not. It is Northeast Northeast Texas. It was a lot of the guys that uh, from the original East Texas Trail. So it was Dwayne Taft, Jamie Broad, uh, Stephen Fisher, uh, a lot of those guys. Christopher DeGallo, not, um, now that I'm looking, trying to find your name, Christopher DeGallo actually pretty good on mm-hmm. on Broken Bull, which is interesting because he almost didn't get to fish it, remember? Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, they couldn't they dropped him or something. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find your name. Oh, there you go. Number 38, which is not bad. So you needed yeah. something like a top 20 finish or something like that, I think, to qualify. Yeah, I think so. That sounds about right. Yeah, to qualify, but... Yeah, I definitely didn't do that. 161 was your total on, on to, um, Broken Boy. I keep saying Toledo Bend. Rolando and Dean just right there. You A lot of the Southeast Texas... Uh, crew was kind of bunched up. You got to lead, you got you and Rolando Nandine right above you, and then Brian Howe just a little bit further up, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Christopher Degallo just even a little bit further up. Yeah, Christopher Degallo had a great tournament. Glad, good for him. Yeah, so I know he, we were there, and he was like, I don't know if I'm gonna fish it, <laughs> they dropped me <laughs> or something. Uh, but glad he got to fish it, it was oh, well, yeah. well worth it for him. Yeah, yeah, that was it. 
That just outside of the money. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I enjoyed that. I, it's the first time I'd ever been to that lake. And um, I, I, I definitely want to go back. That was a that was a good time. Yeah. To me, a broken boy. And I'll ask, did you got to pre-fish it? Um, I went up there. I think I generally, if I go to something like that, especially if I've never been, I try to go up and get a Thursday, Friday. And yeah. I believe that's what I did on that. We got there late, late Wednesday. Same and here. was able to get on the water Thursday and Friday for a little bit. So let me ask you about how pre-fishing went, because that was an interesting one for me, because my best uh, finish so far in a Hobie BOS was the last tournament. I finished 22nd. Pre-fishing was horrible for me, but it kind of worked out, especially on day one. Broken Bowl was the opposite. Broken Bowl pre-fishing both day Thursday and Friday. And I'll ask you how it went for you, because I know a lot of people told me the same thing. That was the best pre-fishing I've ever had. Like, I was catching everything on anything. Like, it doesn't matter what area I was throwing or what I was throwing. It was just biting on anything, which was kind of, like, hard to say, well, I'll go with a chatterbait or I'll go with a topwater or I'll go with a nebri because they, they were biting on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't single anything out. Then tournament time comes, and I'm riding high. I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to catch... 10 fish, no doubt about it, judging by pre-fishing. I'm catching 15 uh, fish on pre-fishing on day one, on the Thursday, 15 fish on Friday. I'm thinking I'll definitely catch five fish on Saturday and did not catch. I ended up with three. How did pre-fishing went for you on that tournament? Um, so I pre-fished the first day um, in the area that I actually ended up fishing both days of the tournament. Uh, second day of pre-fish, I went to a different spot. Just, I mean, because like you said, I mean, the bite was just so good. Yeah. Um, I wanted to check and see, okay, did I really find a good spot or is it just, is it all good? Um, and I caught probably more fish the second day. Uh, and it was further south on the lake. Um, and actually caught a pretty decent smallmouth. Um, but other than that smallmouth, I think that was actually the biggest one I caught for the day. I, numbers were up, but the size wasn't as good. Yeah. So I figured to be competitive, I needed to to be in bigger fish, and so went back up further north uh, on day or you know both days, and was able to figure them out. Was able to get on some some bigger fish, and I mean a lot of times I, I try to when I'm pre-fishing. I mean I guess everybody does this. I don't know. I try to cover a lot of water, throw a lot of different stuff, and you know uh, try to narrow it down a lot so that come tournament day you know i can kind of key in and focus on on you know covering water more thoroughly and and stuff like that so that that's kind of how that one worked out yeah and i just just hearing you talk right now just now realized that we on thursday we were hanging out um after pre-fishing right there at the beach where we launched at it was uh the bacas um yeah yeah uh wesley yeah. um mark pendergraph your wife was there as Girlfriend. well yeah. Your girlfriend, yeah. I'm sorry. Your girlfriend was there <laughs> as well. So, um, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that area that we pre-fished was just phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the like, same thing you said. It was a bunch of fish, measurable, but not really something that was going to get you either big bass or probably in the money. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely. And how was pre-fishing for Darnell for you? Uh, Kind of like the tournament. It, it was yeah. rough. It was yeah. rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, man, I caught a, a ton of fish. They were just, I mean, I was, at one, I mean, I was downsizing thinking, okay, if I can just get the numbers, you know, surely I'll get something over 12 inches. And I don't think I've ever caught that many, probably eight to 12 inch fish in my life. It was, <laughs> I was throwing a little tiny buzz bait at one point and the bass I caught on, it couldn't have been bigger than this buzz bait was. I mean, it was, there were so many small fish in, in the area I was in, but, um, I don't know, it was it was just frustrating. I think Daniel Glennie was we were, were rooming together with Rolando Landini said the same thing. It was just like tiny fish. Yeah. Um, but th your thoughts on watching uh, Jackson Rambanis Rambanis? I keep screwing. I'm horrible with last names. Uh, 15 year old who won the tournament. Yeah. Oh, that, I mean, I, I think that's awesome. I mean, yeah. And what a great story. I mean, your dad has to drop you off at the ramp because you don't even have a driver's license yet. I mean, that's 
<laughs> First time fishing out of a kayak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't write a better story than that. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, to me, it's one of those where like I was sitting in second place, just above Jackson. Um, after day one, then I was hanging out at Fred's house, and I had a chance to meet Jackson in person. Oh no! And um, a beautiful house that whole man cave is amazing that's that man cave is a tackle store slash boat retail <laughs> that's awesome that is amazing but i was talking to jackson and i was you know i was sitting in second place he was sitting sitting in third but i just managed five bites you know that's all i could manage yeah um and i stopped fishing like 45 minutes prior to lines out because when i saw the leaderboard i'm like there's no point of sore lipping anything here but then I'm talking to him and he's catching. He's telling me day one, he caught 27 fish. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's when I thought, oh, good Lord, this kid is probably going to win it. Yeah. Because when you do the math, if, if I'm struggling to catch five fish and this kid is catching 30 fish a day, guess who's <laughs> the, when you measure the top 10 fish, guess who's going <laughs> to probably, if you look at averages, going to end up with a bigger 10 fish. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, when I heard that, I'm like, good Lord, this is. Yeah. Kind of humbling. <laughs> Listen yeah. to this kid saying he caught 30 fish. So a buddy of mine, uh, Jared Brockelman, I'm, you probably know him. Yeah. Um, it, uh, we actually roomed together when we were up there. And uh, he was telling me that he they kind of fished the same general area. And he said he was watching him fish for a while. And he said, this, I mean, the kid is, what he's doing out there is, I mean, you know, not what you would expect a 15-year-old kid. I mean, he's got it got it down. I mean, he's he's not, he didn't just luck into that, that win. He He's got a lot of knowledge for somebody his, I mean, for somebody four, three times his age, but, you know, especially for, for his age. Yeah. It, and again, it's one of those things. Uh, and I mentioned it on, on a podcast I did two weeks ago, which was kind of like my re, um, uh, review of my, you know, my, uh, performance on Lake Darnell. And I'm super excited for the kid. You know, I'm rooting for the kid yeah. to win the TOC and continue on on, you know, the show everybody that it's just not luck that he actually is that talented. Yeah. And then part of me is a competitor. It's like I just got beaten by a kid <laughs> right. who never fished out of a kayak before. Yeah. So it's like a bittersweet, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't help but think that. Yeah, it was cool though. I mean our girlfriend was up there and she was watching it and she was She's like, oh, that's so cool! I can't believe he's he's doing so well. That's awesome. And said, if you don't win, I want him to win. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things where I would have. I my goal was to uh, fish, uh, finish in the top three to get to the TLC. Mm -hmm. And there's one of the things like, man, I've if you would have asked me what I would have wanted the result, just knowing that 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 event you know, open the eyes to this kid, you know, yeah. and just actually having him on my podcast and talking about the win. I was like, I'm happy for him. If I would have said, I would have rather qualified for the TOC and then just, just below him. Like, I don't mind watching that kid win, especially when yeah. I get to listen to him firsthand, talk about how much it means to him. And also the publicity that, you know, we're getting, some of the you know the uh, MLF guys um, and Bass Pro elites and other podcasts like uh, Low Budget Live with Luke Duncan talking about you know yeah. uh, Jackson's performance. Of course, he's the son of the, uh, Fred Rambon Rambanis. Um, so that part I appreciate that the exposure just by him winning. Now right. you know a lot of like the both side of things are kind of getting hearing about this tournament and yeah. getting people more involved in at least listening and watching yeah, uh, the sure. tournament. So that's good. That's yeah. always good. Awesome stuff. Let me ask you this though. The first time that I had you on the podcast, you came eighth at the Hobie BOS, the infamous now 2019 Hobie BOS at Lake Fork. You were telling me that one of the things that, um, your, or your go-to bait has always been the Texas rig. From that point, from there to now, has your fishing, fishing evolved in any way, or are you still, like, really just, like, Texas rig, do or die? Uh, pretty much Texas rig, do or die. I think I caught – see, I submitted, well, six fish day five, three on day one. So that was 
nine fish. I caught eight of them on a Texas rig worm. And just when, so you, when you do Texas rig, it's just how much percentage would you say it's a worm and how much is it a craw or a creature bait or is it always a worm? Uh, 95 at least percent worm. Really? And, 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 and 90% uh, a zoom old monster. I mean, that's anybody that's ever fished with me. And they, they kind of tease me sometimes. They're like, man, that's all Jeff ever throws. And, but yeah, you know, I, I, no, I, that's not true. But I mean, I'll, so I always have that rigged up, you know, and I'll, I'll usually throw a jack camera, um, you know, something like that. But yeah, I just, I let, I mean, that's what I grew up fishing. That's, um, what I used to fish when I was a kid for bass. And I just love it. And that's, I mean, if you look back on some of the tournaments that I've done well in, it's usually the tournaments that play to my, you know, what I consider my strength. And that's, you know, fishing like standing timber with a big worm. I mean, I just, I can do that all day long. I love it. Do you like to use a, I'm assuming a ribbon tail worm or just a straight worm? Yeah, this is so the, the old monster, if you're unfamiliar with it, just a 10 and a half inch worm. Um, and I would say the uh, back 50% of it's a ribbon tail. Oh, yeah. I think I have a couple of those. Those are a good one. Yeah. That's the Zoom one you said, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I. So, I the ribbon tail worm that I got is the is the same pattern of the brush hog that they discontinued, the, col the, pat or the color, which is the South African Fiesta or something like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of black and red and yeah. a real dark color. Yeah. Yes. So... They used to have that color in the brush hog, but they discontinued two years ago. So I was like, damn it. So I switched over to the ribbon tail worm that has that same color pattern, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Definitely. So what would you, if, if you, do you care to show, you know, throw a little bit of the juice of what you did on Forgood? You want to keep that a secret? No, I mean, I don't, I mean, that's pretty much what I did. Um, so it's, if anybody hadn't been to Fork and I'm not sure when they dropped the water, but um, like in the past year, I guess. So it was, I believe, eight foot low at one point. Um, so I actually went out and pre-fished a month prior to the classic. We had, we have a 30 day off limits period. So I went yeah. towards, I don't think it was the last day, but a couple of days before the cutoff. Um, and that was the first time I'd been out there since the water dropped. So, I mean, I've fished it a few, several times before, so I've got spots that, you know, I can feel like I can use to go and catch fish, but most of the spots that I, you know, fished in the past didn't have, hadn't, didn't have water in it, um, which was interesting because, you know, you can go in there and you can see, okay, yeah, it makes sense now. I see why I was catching them there. You know, it was yeah. big lay down that, you know, it's different. I mean, you can see that stuff on side scan or whatever too, but seeing it in real life, it, I mean, it, it makes a lot more sense. Um, or, you know, yeah, there's a ditch right there. So I can see why I was, I've caught fish there in the past. Um, so actually where I fished or, I mean, I pre-fished several different spots, but where I ended up fishing, uh, for the classic was a, an area I'd never fished before. I've never even seen it before. Oh, really? Yeah. But was that more like South? I mean, do you care to, you want to tell what area or no? Um, uh, nope. I guess it's, no, I'm just, I'm trying to think how it lays out. It's probably like mid lake, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. So normally I'll fish more up North. Like I, I was joking with somebody. I'd, I'd never seen the dam at Lake Fork. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been there. I'd never seen the, the, I mean, never seen the dam. Um, cause I just, I've never fished the South end of the lake. Um, I did pre-fish there. Uh, one, I don't think I spent a whole day there, but a half a day. Um, and just, I mean, wasn't impressed. Um, uh, but, it, I mean, it's really hard, especially if you've never been there. It's hard to break it down right now because everything looks the same. I mean, yeah. standing timber, it's just hard to describe how much standing timber there is everywhere you see. Um, and so, you know, like in Prefish, I just I covered a lot of water, and I found some areas that seemed like they were holding more fish. Um, and that, looking back, that was probably where I messed up on day one. I was still trying to cover a lot of water because I kind of thought that's what I needed to do. Um, and day two i actually slowed down and keyed in on on some areas so when i when i fish pre-fish whatever it is anytime i catch a fish you know i uh you know 
drop a waypoint there. Yeah. And it's cool to look back because you don't really necessarily notice it when you're out there fishing. But when you look at it later, you can see, you know, okay, man, I got a lot of waypoints set right here. So you can kind of narrow it down. And uh, that's I, what I did on day two is I found an area that, that I had, I, you know, when I was going through there during practice and during day one, I dropped several waypoints and ended up seeing, you know, some of them kind of clustered up more um, instead of spread out all over and kind of slowed down and keyed in on, on that area and, and did a lot better. Yeah, it seems like talking to some of the anglers that fished that that uh, tournament, it was like slow and steady was like the ticket, like nothing, you know, nothing that no power more like finesse fishing not yeah. power fishing is that what it, how it worked out for you yeah because yeah like i said and especially when i pre-fish them out i like throwing a uh you know a jackhammer um just because you can cover so much water and it's, yeah. it's you know even though it's been around for a while now it's still i mean it's super effective yeah. um especially covering a lot of water fast um i did not catch a single fish on a jackhammer during pre-fish um i, I take that back Actually, I caught a 12 and a quarter inch gizzard shad on the camera. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. foul hooked it or what? Yeah, I mean, right through the back, right under the dorsal fin. And it went straight through his back. Um, it was weird because reeling it in, I mean, it still got its you know, full range of motion because his hook is in his back. And it's like darting back and forth. I'm like, what in the world is this thing? And yeah, I, I don't think I'd ever, I mean, I've seen him getting chased before. Mm -hmm. You know, but you know they're there. But to actually see one, I I mean, I put it on my catch board and everything because I wanted to see how big it was. But it's a uh, man. It, it's just it's kind of amazing to think that there's bass that are actually out there feeding on those things. Yeah, they're, that's they're why. Gizzard shad, twelve inch gizzard shad. You imagine bass that's yeah. eating that? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so when I went a, a the month prior. I mean, I'd caught some fish on a, on moving baits, like, you know, I was throwing a jackhammer. I caught some on plastics, too, obviously, but um, I was actually throwing a six-inch swim bait and catching them, but I just, I couldn't get anything on a moving bait uh, this past weekend. Yeah, I think uh, from the anglers that I talked to kind of said the same thing, and I feel bad because I know some of them were, like, pre-fishing, same thing that you you said, like, pre-fished a month prior. I think yeah. August 28th, I think, was the... Um, off limit time started um, something around that, but they pre-fished it in mid-August, and they were telling me, "Oh yeah, crankbait is the ticket." You know, I'm catching them 20, 22 inches on on crankbait, and then it kind of sucks when now you're thinking, "Well, temperatures are cooling off, we got some rain, so now you know the the crankbait bite, jackhammer bite is going to be even better." Yeah. And it turns out it was for whatever reason, um, just the opposite, which yeah. kind of doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm sure people smarter than me would make sense of why that is. It just it doesn't, and I don't think it makes sense for a lot of anglers, just judging by the results. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, not the bite. I I thought it would have been that time of year, but you know, like I said, I mean, I'll, I'll drag a worm any time of year, and I feel like that's always an effective technique. But I mean, if you can cover more water and i mean it's fun just to throw that jackhammer out there and feel that when it loads up on it but yeah yeah definitely wasn't much of that over the weekend one thing about and not just jackhammers but chatterbaits um it's very addictive as an angler for me because i throw the jackhammer right or again mm -hmm. the chatterbait or the bladed jigs just so we won't try to promote one product, although I love the jackhammer. Um, you know, you feel that vibration constantly. So you're reeling in, you feel that vibration. So it gives you confidence that, yeah. you know, you when you stop feeling vibration, to uh, be the, you got, you know, grass on your blade, or you actually have a fish that just inhale your bait and it's swimming towards you. And I've, one thing that I've learned from listening to Russ Snyder, another podcast, and Jody Quinn is like, when they're, reeling in their bladed jig and all of a sudden they don't feel that vibration mm -hmm. just set the hook on it a lot of times it's the, you know, the fish just grabs it and it's just swimming towards you yeah. it's following that bait so it just grabs it and kept yeah. swim, swimming um it why the reason why i say it becomes addictive as an angler it's because you get used to that 
you know, to that vibration. It it is kind of like soothing <laughs> just to like oh, okay, yeah. knowing that that there's you know feeling every tiny vibration on it and knowing what's going on versus I throw a swim bait um, yeah. and I don't feel anything. Yeah. Which is yeah. not supposed to, because unless you get a bite, there's no reason why that swim bait's gonna right. vibrate or anything like that. Yeah. So I, I to me, it just becomes addictive. Like every time, like, oh, let me switch to a swim bait, because maybe they got used to the bladed jig, maybe they're, you know, sore lip with, you know, let me sell something different. And I was like, I throw a swim jig, I can't do it. I don't feel anything. Like I'm, feel like I'm just reeling in an empty line. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember the first time I ever threw a jackhammer and started reeling in and felt that vibration. Oh, it's it's like you know, almost like getting a hand massage while you're fishing because you just feel that vibration going yes <laughs> all the way down through your you know into your hands and your arms and yeah, it's it's fun. Like I said, it it is addictive. It is. And let me ask you this: Have you tried? I tried it. Uh, and again, I'm not sponsored by either Berkeley's or um, Zeman, but I do like to show what you know, has worked for me. So on, on my way to, um, Lake Darnell, I stop at a shop and I'm thinking, let me get something different. Um, and I've heard this before from other anglers. They say, you know, a lot of times if people keep throwing the jackhammer fish kind of get used to it. Um, and then they start, um, just laying off of it. Yeah. I don't know that biology behind it kind of makes sense. Um, when you think about it. So I bought the Berkeley slobber knocker mm -hmm. and on day one of that tournament, my four biggest bites came on that Berkeley slobber knocker and they was just inhaling it. They were just like, they couldn't, they couldn't stop, you know, not biting on him. Have you tried the slobber knocker by, uh, Berkeley? No, I was hoping to see if you tried it and see your, <laughs> no, I haven't. It's for so for those out there that's listening, what I recommend is again, I'm not particularly brand. If I had to choose, if you put a gun in my head and tell me to pick one, I'll probably be the Z Man because that's what I'm used to. But I would recommend is get both because that you can tell the vibration is different. Therefore, I'm thinking the noise is going to be different, right? One to the other. So they may be that they're used to just hearing that jackhammer because. Five anglers ahead of you, boat or kayak anglers, have been throwing it for the last week. Right. And now you throw one with just a little bit different vibration or a little bit different um, knock on it. It might just be what attracts them. Yeah. Or at least doesn't scare them off. So who knows? Yeah. And I, I think there's something to that. So, I, I mean, I, I haven't tried the slobber knocker, but I did when I was in Dardanelle. Um, I was throwing a stealth blade jackhammer instead of the, the original. I hate that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I've caught a couple of fish on it, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure why I was throwing it. I mean, I don't kind of the, the same, you know, philosophy you were talking about. You know, I just think, you know, maybe because I wasn't catching good fish, I'm thinking, you know, maybe the fish are used to this one or have seen it already. So I thought there was something a little bit different. You know, I don't know. We, I think, think we tend to overanalyze yeah. our our techniques, which I mean, you know, you have to stay on top of stuff and try new stuff and all that. But, um, I think sometimes it's just, like I said, you know, with fishing being there's so much of it mental. Um, I mean, I think sometimes like you were saying, you go and you try that new one and you're just, you're expecting to catch fish on it. So you do, um, you know, you fish it better cause you're more confident in it or it's something new and exciting. And, um, so I've got, I actually ordered a couple baits that had just come out that weren't in stores or anything yet that I was hoping was going to be here before the classic. And, yeah, they showed. I left Wednesday. They showed up at my door Thursday, so I haven't even got to throw them yet. But hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. 
That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. What did you order? Uh, Z-Man Hellraiser. Oh, I've been meaning to get my hands on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm anxious to try those. It's, man, it's one of the weirdest looking baits I've ever seen. I I don't know, man. Semen does semen. I think it's does some great baits. Like yeah. some of them just knock it out of the ballpark. Although it's not so much. But I mean, yeah. I'm I'm excited to try it. I haven't tried it yet, but yeah, I'm excited to try it. Let me know how it goes. I will. Yeah. <laughs> What's your next tournament? Uh, oh, throw down. Star. Yeah, throw yeah. down. Star, throw down. Yeah. Um, man, and then after that, I'm not I'm not really sure. Uh, maybe that. Uh, the Toads for Todd's the benefit. Oh yeah, Chris Mor- uh, Morales is putting on. Definitely. And uh, next season, I know the schedules haven't come out. Um, brand new tournament director for Bass Nation Kayak Series or Bassmaster Kayak Series. I, I can't remember what they call it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you excited of the prospect of things being shaken up at Bassmaster? Would you be willing if they come close to fish it? Oh yeah. Yeah, always. Like I said, I, I mean, Southeast Texas are now Texas Kayak Bass League. That's kind of my, you know, I mean, not kind of, it is my main trail. So I, uh, you know, I'll, unless something weird happens, I won't miss one of those. But I like to, uh, you know, definitely like to get some Hobies and, you know, if, if bass, depending on their schedule. Um, and I'm sure I'll make a, a handful of, of those too. Awesome. KBF, any – I know KBF, the, at least the Pro Series, are not even coming close to Texas, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I, I, man, I don't know if this was – I think this may have been the first year that I didn't I didn't do any KBF. Yeah, they had well, – they had Cato, and that was about it. Yeah, yeah. Which is technically Texas, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah depending on which area you fish, but yeah. Nice. Well, Jeff, I've had you for almost an hour. I really appreciate taking you. Oh, time. man. I've enjoyed it, man. No, oh, enjoyed your company and uh, talking about your your yeah. fishing experience. Uh, good luck on the Lone Star Throwdown. I hope to see you in second place. If I'm in first place, if not, <laughs> you get first place. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be fun. I, I always look forward to that, and I mean that's probably you know one of the the most most fun tournaments uh, of the year, just because you you know you get to see guys that you don't get to see throughout the year because they yeah. fish different trails or whatever. And it's kind of nice to have all the all the Texas guys in one one spot so yeah i'm looking forward to it it's funny because it's one of the biggest ones but it's probably and i haven't fished it before let me let me clarify that but my mindset right now going into the first time fishing it it's one of those where it's probably one of the biggest ones in my calendar but it's probably the least i care about winning just because i'm there for the camaraderie hang out get to see all of you guys out there get to have fun um you know everybody it's kind of like a celebration of kayak fishing in texas so yeah, if I win it, that's awesome. But I, yeah. as long as I don't get skunk, I could, yeah. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna say I don't care less. I'm sure once I'm on the water lines in, I'm gonna be okay. Game on. Let's let's try yeah. to win this. But for the most part, my my attitude going through is like I just want to have fun and yeah. and hang out with the the people that I know and the other half that I don't know. Get to know them. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think we're wired a lot the same. I I am. I'm excited about it. But I'm kind of like you. I, but man, once you get out there on the water and you see everybody there. Okay, now yeah, it's time to go to work. I gotta, I gotta catch some fish and make a decent showing here. Yeah, at least not get embarrassed, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeff, again, I'll give you a few minutes if you want to thank anybody you want to thank, any uh, sponsors or friends, family. It makes your life easier. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, sponsors, uh, exotic high performance rods. Uh, been using their stuff for oh gosh, probably three years now. Um, and, uh, man, I'm super happy. Uh, it's one of those things where I was fishing with decent rods before and, but I mean, there's like, you know, you step up a little bit and it's just, mm-hmm. it makes a big difference. Um, so, uh, them and then, uh, also exotic camo, uh, they, uh, sponsor and they were actually a big sponsor of the Southeast Texas trail this, this year. And um, they have a whole clothing line and stuff like that and hunting apparel and, uh, casual stuff. It's it's really good stuff and re- really reasonable price. And it's actually <laughs> their stores a mile from my house, so that's kind of dangerous sometimes. But um, and then uh, Chris Morales, uh, he has uh, Breakline Fishing, and he's the guy that makes uh, all the jerseys. 
keeps me incognito with my my bright Serape <laughs> jersey that he <laughs> he worked up for me. Um, and uh, Zepro lithium batteries. I've been using their batteries for a while now. It's I mean, I run a, a twelve inch Hummingbird uh, three sixty and a trolling motor. I mean, I'll run that thing all day long, and I never had any issues with it. So I've been been real happy with their product. Uh, Mariner Sales. Uh, Duke and all the guys over there, uh, they helped me out with a, with a kayak and, uh, uh, I mean, man, the best customer service. I mean, yes, there are guys over there. I mean, you can call them and say, okay, I have this, uh, you know, I bought this fish finder. What do I need? And they'll say, okay, you need A, B, C, and D, or you can do A, B, C, you know, they just, they know that stuff in and out. Um, it's amazing. And, uh, uh, let's see. Um, like to thank my girlfriend she's very supportive it's it's nice to have somebody who who gets my obsession with, with chasing these fish in a in a plastic boat and uh is encouraging about it um you know she helps a lot she went to dardano with me and uh, put her to work i made her or not made her but <laughs> she uh you know backed the boat to the ramp and i just had to dump the boat out and you know she would go take the truck and everything so you know that was that was real helpful. And, uh, I mean, just family and friends. Uh, I mean, I grew up in a fishing family. Uh, we already covered my dad, you know, he's most of my memories of my dad are, are fishing when I was a kid. Uh, after I lost my dad, my, my mom stepped in and, and, you know, her and I fished, you know, I mean, we fished to this day or once on, we don't get to fish as much as we used to, but, um, you know, she was always taking me fishing and, uh, you know, my sister fishes, my, kids fish and both my daughters you know fished growing up and uh so you know it's just part of who we are i guess um but yeah i mean the friends that i've made in here i mean that's you know i kind of touched on that when i gave the the award to to slim the the jerry osham sportsman award and um i, I told the story i don't know i mean if you saw it but a lot of those a lot of people listening probably didn't didn't see it or hear the story but um there was a guy that was actually had in the RV park where I was fishing or near where I was fishing, uh, one of the residents had died. They were having a memorial service for him literally during the tournament on day two. And I'm fishing close enough where I can hear what's going on. You know, I hear him read, you know, the 23rd Psalm and everything for a ceremony. And, um, I'm fishing and I hear them starting to, they're playing taps. I actually caught my biggest fish of the day during taps during that. And, uh, you know, I got to thinking about these people that are, they're, there at this service, you know, they could care less about this fish, this long haired guys catching out of a kayak. The important thing to them is their friend. And, uh, so, you know, in the end it's, it's, you know, winning all these awards is fun and, you know, I, I want to win as many of them as I can, but you know, in the end it's, you know, the people you meet and the lives that you get to yep. be a part of and, uh, you know, hopefully make better in, in some way. No, definitely. I don't think there's anything else we could add to that. Uh, the perfect note to end the podcast i appreciate you jeff yeah, for coming anytime. on to the show man thank you for having me i enjoyed and again, it and again we wish you the best on what's the remainder of the season and next season moving on hopefully you know we'll find new reasons to get you on board and yeah. bring you to the podcast and talk about another big win thank you i appreciate it man looking forward to seeing you same thing man same thing and uh for those out there listening one thing thank you again once again uh for joining us if you made it this far go check out the sponsor douglasoutdoors.com check out the full line of lrs x matrix and award-winning fly fishing rods if you're going to be on the water i can't stress this is enough i know the name of the podcast is bass kayak and beers however if you're going to be on the water if you're going to have a couple of beers just make sure you drink responsibly and on top of all wear your pfds just make sure you make it back home to your loved ones. That's what I always say. So peace Absolutely. out. Have a great week, everyone. All right. Thank you.